0: Welcome to episode 3 of the Custard Powder Plot. Warning, this episode contains some fruity swear words. You may wish to listen with headphones... She said no? Yeah. How old is she, your mum? Um, mid to late 50s. Oh, well then, to take the notice. Mid to late 50s, they're just starting to see the top of the hill and it scares them to death. Put all their energy in trying to back away instead of being glad to get there and see what a bloody brilliant run they can have down the other side. <laughs> so, mm. how have you been, Queenie? Well... For a start off, I queued for shopping while fully masked up and risked a box of high leg cotton white knickers. Well, some bugger had swapped size 14s for size 18s. No wonder they were comfy. They were folded right, how they do, you know, in the packet. I don't know if I could be asked to take them back, really. Well, never mind. At least they were comfy. Yeah. So, um, how's it all going on the uh, dry goods front? Well, I thought it had died down a bit. I hadn't heard anything, and I sort of thought maybe I wasn't up to snuff on the last mission somehow, because I'm the first to admit I'm not everybody's cup of tea. Oh, Queenie? Oh, no, no, I do I do, I do things, and I say things that some folk don't get on with. Like, um, uh, I was in A&E once. I, I stood behind a bloke telling the woman behind the booking in glass that he had earwax. Next thing you know, I've shoved him right in the back and I'm shouting, Oi, you! I've just brought Rainy Haslam in with a stroke, mate! Get out of me way! That sign up there says Accident and Emergency. It doesn't say Accident, Emergency and Low Standards of Personal Hygiene, does it? Earwax isn't an accident or an emergency. Now you, get out! Wow! <laughs> but you're right. What happened? <laughs> Well, it cleared off, of course. And and I got a small round of applause from the waiting room. i would you see you, Queenie? Uh, well, I once got in a lift with a load of yobs, And the next thing, I'm telling them that I don't like the noise they're making. Chewing, chewing gum with their mouths open. And they'll never get a girlfriend if they carry on like that. By me, that was brave. What did they do? Well, the ringleader undid his shirt and pointed at a huge tattoo on his stomach. Uh, what was the tattoo? It just said, fuck you, but in with a bit of ivy wound round it. Did you get out the lift? I did not. I said, when you've got five kids, a load of debt, a wife who hates you and a big fat beer like I bet your dad's probably got now and I poked him in the stomach, this is going to look like you fell asleep on a newspaper while you were sweating. Now you, fuck off, all of you. Blimey! And did they? Oh, yeah. Yeah, they did, actually, on the next floor. But then, when the doors were closing, all their Chewy K-marking back into the lift, right at my feet. If they were good at nothing else, they were good at spitting, I'll give them that. I could hear them laughing, and me laughing in the end. Maybe S, secret code for Sylvia, had heard about my personality traits. Maybe that's how I was chosen. Did saying the F-word to those lads not bother you, Queenie? Did it for? I have heard it before and I didn't melt. It's the best word in the right situation, especially when you don't expect it. If anybody's going to get all worked up and offended about an old four-letter word like that, they should maybe use their energy to be offended at children not having clean water to drink. Better use of their energy, just a little bit more effort on their part. Hmm, good point. Might use that at some time. Ah, help yourself, love. So, there was more espionage. Oh yes, but it had simmered down a bit, and I'd taken my eye off the ball a bit. The phone hadn't rung for ages. I even had to listen to their dialing tone to make sure it wasn't broken. But then I thought maybe they don't like the way I carried out my last mission or something, and and then I thought, well, they can shut off then but I was just as I was thinking, well, they could shut off then, The phone rang. We had been told, wait for four rings, but I forgot and picked it up on three. Also made a mess of everything because it was a Thursday. Does Thursday matter more than any other day? Well, yeah, because Thursday is usually Celia Gimlet's data ring. But it wasn't Celia Gimlet. Celia Gimlet would never have been able to remember manufactured since 1835 and loved by generations. She had trouble with the national anthem when we went to the cenotaph. Send a Victorian. She sang at the top of her voice. Send a Victorian. What does she want me to do? Get old Simon Sharma and see if he could magic one up. Hey, I wonder if he was ever married to Judith Sharma on a beach, licking an ice cream straight to camera, not a bead of sweat. Do you remember Pendleton's Twices? No. What could be nicer than a Pendleton's twice there Ice cream with lolly both ends. No, it'd probably be before your time. Now, Celia Gimlet would remember that. Funny thing, memory. She's feared to death a policeman, and yet her dad was one. <laughs> Send a Victorian. Maybe I could get in touch with Hilary Mantel. She might be able to dig up her, history-wise. She writes really good thick books called things like Digging Up Your Dead. She's a lovely woman. Big scarves and doesn't give a toss. Just gets on with it and tells it straight. Chapter one. Oi, Amber Lane, stand still a minute, love. Your head's coming off. Chapter two. Tell you what, though. Celia Gimlet's nailed those social distancing rules. That's good, then. Yeah. When we met up, she had two long sticks with her. Like those sticks that you prop tomatoes up with. Oh, canes. That's it. Tomato canes. She said they were one metre each, and if we held them tip to tip touching, we'd be the right distance apart and the police couldn't touch us. Hey, good idea. Yeah, yeah, We sat right on this bench Me at one end and her on the other Touching canes like she'd planned And then this bloody fat bloke With hairy and legs and shorts on Turns up and pumps his great backside Right in the middle of us What did you do? I said, excuse me But you are breaking our social distancing here, mate Did did he say anything? I'm not sure, he had a mask on So he could have mumbled something And we wouldn't have caught it But he got up <clears throat> Good. but as he was walking away I couldn't tell myself I whacked him on the back of the legs with my tomato cane he spun round because he knew it was me but I just stared him out and he stared me out and then he stepped off again and I did it again <laughs> his face, talk about laugh when he'd gone we couldn't stop, can make me laugh now that You think twice about shorts on Memorial Day next year. That's not respectful, is it? What was I saying about the thing I was telling you? Um, oh, the phone call. Oh, yeah, the phone call. It was S again. Secret call for Sylvia. Or BS, as she's called now. Big Sylvia, or maybe Boss Sylvia. She must have moved up the ladder a bit. Probably t- shifted a ton of custard powder by now, so bound to move up their ranks. There could be a dry goods hierarchy, who knows? But it was her. No mistaking that a Montelado sherry soap 50-a-day habit voice. It was her, all right. Wow, what did she want? Well, that was just it. No mention of self-raising flower. She wanted me to move on to DIY-based goods this time. Brushes, nails, paint, bowls. I was to go, as, as before, to the same address, but this time drop the rain, mate. I didn't have time to knit the balaclava, but I thought it'll be dark, I'll just wear the nearest thing. So I put on a Christmas pudding-shaped tea cosy that I won at Whist last year. It was unknitted. It had green felt, holly leaves and red berries on the top. Best I could do in the time restriction. I made my way to Appleby Park. Oh, my gran actually lives there. Oh, does she now? Well, get her out before it's more of a ghetto. You could say to yourself now, ooh, what's that noise? The sound of house prices tumbling. That's what that noise is, love. No lawn striped now or edged. No one with a picker-upper to collect litter. There was even a crisp packet skidding down the road on the wind. Pickled onion, as if round there. The problem was that I hadn't thought about vision. You see, I only had the option of sprout hole or handle hole to look out of. One sort of spotlight, and the other's more up and down. You know what I mean? Mm, see what you mean? I get there on time. Down the side of BS's house, pitch black, very quiet, not a soul about, and I wait. I give the pre-code knock of the chorus oh, of "My Old Man's a Dustman." That's right. How does that go? Do? My old man. He wears a dustbin's hat He wears gold trousers in the council Distinctive Yeah, and I wait I can hear a noise But I can't make out where it's coming from I turn my pudding round to handle vision And I see a movement of some kind on of my feet And the sound of something quite chunky Landing on the flags it Sounds like glass I bend down to pick it up And it's a small bottle with a label which reads Slut Red on it. As I am processing, this large white bunyady foot comes poking out of the cat flap. It's B.S.'s foot. She's only got me there to paint a bugger in toenails, hasn't she? Was this some sort of test of loyalty to the cause? What did you do? I couldn't believe it, but I knelt down, took her foot into my lap, unscrewed the cap of the slut red nail polish and set about painting the toenails. Well, I think I got most of it on the nails. Then, as delicately as a prima ballerina, she changes feet and I repeat the process. I am just about to get up when a second brush comes out of the cap flap. Sort of curved, then a small bowl of purple stuff then a thing that I really couldn't fathom completely fills the cat flap. It's darkest, with a lighter, wavering grey line. I thought that it was a badger. Oh, my God, was it a badger? No. It turns out it was only B.S.'s scalp. She wanted me to do her roots while the slut red polish dried. <gasps> did you do them? I did, I did. But I slapped that glue on with such force, I can tell you. She'll have had been under no illusion about what I felt about this mission, I can tell you. At one stage, I grabbed a great big handful of her hair and pulled her to the very limits of that cat flap and said, keep still, in a no-nonsense way. And she she did, she kept still. (laughs) Good for you, Queenie. When I got home, I was covered in evidence, up to my elbows in slut red nail polish and dark purple hair dye. I went into the shed and I used some of my dad's old swore Then I made a cup of tea while I had a think. Would there be any comebacks pulling her hair like I did? She was in the garden hose with such force to rinse her off. She must have felt like she'd been captured. The kitchen floor must have been a wash and it would have been very cold water. Maybe this time I'd be scratched off the list for good. Mm, would you want that? I don't know. What's this space? So, anyway, anyway, what have you been up to, love? Uh, well, we made some cupcakes. Oh, life in the fast lane, Kelly. You've only got the one go at this lot, you know. Hmm, that's what I've been thinking. That's what I've been thinking a lot. Been listening to The Custard Powder Plot, written by Christine Marshall. Kelly played by Emily Hunter, and Christine Marshall playing Queenie. Produced and directed by Karis Kaiser. This podcast was recorded in a socially distant way across the internet and is available on all good listening platforms. Please rate, like, and share.